Hello and welcome into this edition of SAS Whispers. My name is Jay McFarland and I'll be your host today. As we talk about many of the issues surrounding SAS, for example, why has SAS become so popular? What problems does it solve? And more importantly, what challenges does it bring to large organizations? And what should you or your company do to take advantage of SAS while avoiding many of the pitfalls? To help us kind of sort all of this out, I've invited a very special guest, Aravind R. Now, he's a versatile and very seasoned IT professional with 25-plus years of industry experience. He spent most of that with various GE Global businesses, and he's played a significant role in key IT initiatives. He currently works with a multi-billion dollar company where he leads their enterprise application management team. And he works directly with SaaS management and implementation that affects 60,000 employees and $35 billion in annual revenue. So, Ervin, I'm very excited to get your viewpoint on all of these questions and issues surrounding SaaS. And, you know, obviously, I've been thinking a lot about SaaS since we began putting this podcast together. And I did a calculation myself. And with all the different jobs that I have and things that I do, I'm using 15 different SaaS applications right now. And some of them I've signed up for myself and others, Mm -hmm. the company I work for has had me sign up for them. And I didn't realize how much of this I was using and consuming. And I don't think the everyday individual even knows how many SaaS programs they're using on a regular basis. Absolutely. You're you're bang on there. You know, uh, it's a little bit challenge, you know, as you can imagine, the SaaS adoption has grown pretty fast, you know, uh, in the last uh, few decades after the initial SaaS applications came out. So uh, I I think, you know, it's more of uh, catching up with the growth of SaaS <laughs> versus the on-prem processes and uh, on-prem mindset with the companies right now. Yeah, why do you why do you think that is? Why do you think SaaS is becoming so prevalent? Oh, um, it's it's a lot of things, right? You know, if you if you take uh, uh, the structure the SaaS has brought in, you know, in three three categories. Number one, the uh, user end user side of the story, and then the IT side of the story, and the SaaS software companies itself, you know, uh, from that side of the story. So let me explain from an end user side of the story. It's ease of uh, accessibility, right? They can access SaaS from anywhere, anytime, you know, once it's uh, onboarded and configured in in the right way. And, you know, they get to use uh, latest functionality of the industry they belong into, uh, which is best practice in the industry for the SaaS product that they use. Um, You know, other thing I can see for end users is the softwares get updated every quarter in most of the cases from SaaS, bringing in new functionalities, which typically the companies, you know, uh, uh, bring in based on the best practices and uh, big companies ask, you know, to meet their requirements, which even the small and mid-sized companies can take uh, advantage, you know, once they use the same product. So it's like, you know, best practices across the industries that they will get to use, uh, you know, right away in some cases. So that's the 
Hinduism side of the story. Uh, go ahead. You you wanted to say well, something? I'm, I was going to say it. Just I was just thinking back to the day when the IT people at work had to update a piece of software and they had to go around to every single machine. And so they'd let you know, you're scheduled for this time and we're going to be on your machine. <laughs> you're going to be shut down and we're updating yeah. the software. And and to think now that that all happens off-site, it's invisible to most users. It, it really is amazing. I also remember when I would go from one a laptop to another, I would have to do this huge backup and then restore everything. And nowadays, because I have so many SaaS applications, I just have to log back in on my new machine and, and all of those issues are gone. I, I That's why I'm such a fan of, of SaaS. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you, you know, you, you nailed it, right? You know, most of the things that you just said makes a lot of sense from an end user standpoint. It's not only just the end user. Yeah. Even the even the IT folks, they love it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they don't have to worry about all those upgrades or maintenance. It basically built a, a culture within the IT teams or IT technology teams both. Uh, for low maintenance, low cost, you know, not to worry about schedules or bringing down uh, systems, not to worry about a lot of things, you know, compliance-wise, all those things got moved, right? Mm -hmm. And from the the software industry side of the story, you know, the product companies, for them also, earlier they had to, you know, manage independently each customer based on the footprint they sold, based on the you know terms and conditions they sold and things like that. Right now, all those things is consolidated. You know, it's just one SaaS. They provide service for all companies they they have as customers at a foundational level. Obviously, there is uh, you know specific needs for specific customers based on the industry vertical the customers belong to uh, when it comes to uh, you know functionalities and other services. But in the foundational level, they are pretty much uh, common across mm -hmm. the place. So. You know, that's the the good part of SaaS across three uh, focus areas, end users, IT, and the product companies itself. Yeah, it really is a, a new world and really has solved a lot of problems. But I have to guess that it also brings a lot of new challenges for businesses across yeah. across the globe. So what are some of those challenges that most businesses face with SaaS? Well, um, so... Before we start talking about challenges, I want to step back and say why why are we having the challenges, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you see if you see uh, based on some of the research companies uh, data points, SaaS has grown right now. It's probably around 40 percent, okay, uh, usage wise, mm -hmm. and it's going to go on to be probably ninety percent in the next five six years, ninety ninety five percent. Uh, this is from Gartner, by the way. Um, and then the the structure that we have in the current state IT company, IT divisions in different companies, is primarily based on the on-prem approach. You know, process-wise, people-wise, and uh, managing the ITSM. You know, information technology, systems management, uh, tools-wise, all that. So because of that, you know, the the management of SaaS systems. Are a little bit challenging in uh, in various areas. You know, number one, uh, the compliance of software usage itself. You know, the governance of software usage. 
uh, and also onboarding, offboarding of the software from a SaaS standpoint. And and I can I can also say you know it's pretty distributed because anybody can in a company, not just the technology or IT com- uh, function, but any any functional person or anybody in a company can just go buy a SaaS software, right? So those are some of the the key challenges I foresee right now. But they 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 are not uh, too big a problem. You know we can address that in the industry with proper governance and policies and processes in place uh, with proper collaboration within the companies. So that's what I would feel is uh, is enabling these these issues that we are seeing right now. Infosec is another one, you know, big one. So I can only imagine within a corporation. You know, there mm-hmm. there's got to be those SaaS applications that the corporation purchases as a whole, but then yeah. I'm sure you have a number, a good amount of people who say, "I need this, and I'm going to expense it," and and so the company's paying for all of these other SaaS applications, not knowing who's using what, not having a way to centralize it, uh, not having a way to worry about the security concerns of each product. Uh, how do companies manage that? How do you deal with that? The ease, the ease of use of signing up for a SaaS application, and then just you know expensing it to the to the, to the boss, so to speak. Yeah, I think you know it, it's uh, it boils down to uh, sort of a strategy that the company should come up with. If they don't have one already, that's a red flag. You know, uh, the, every company should already should have some sort of a short term, long term. Uh, sassification strategy within their uh, industry. You know, short term, obviously, which is, and most importantly, it should it should combine with the business goals as well, you know, business priorities and goals as well. Short term, you know, uh, strategy, more focused towards their current footprint of technology, be it on-prem or, you know, the smaller uh, SaaS footprint that they may have and how they can correlate that for the immediate business priorities, you know, be it for finance or procurement or marketing, HR, those kind of functions, right? They should come together. And the, and the strategy should definitely have a buy-in from top leaders, you know, senior leadership team from the companies. And the long term should be more focused towards, you know, uh, things like the digital transformation, if at all there is, anything planned by the companies, as well as the applications roadmap. You know, if they are moving from on-prem to SaaS-based solutions, pretty large way, you know, in the in the, in the uh, timeframe of 12 to 24 months. And based on that uh, blueprint strategy of SaaS adoption for each companies, I believe they should also uh, build a governance policy, right? You know, if that's that's done in the early stages of the company, uh, a lot of things can be achieved uh, when it comes to uh, SaaS adoption over a period of time, uh, and and making sure that you know it just got, doesn't go haywire. You know, basically mushrooming here and there SaaS applications which 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 has no governance or whatsoever, or you know very minimal governance, uh, and it also impacts the data. You know the uh, privacy data aspects and some of the SaaS softwares get injected with a lot of data without which they cannot function, right? You know, unless you have necessary data. So, you know, there should be uh, a, a, a data governance strategy included in your overall SaaS strategy as well, 
integration is another piece uh, of uh, uh, you know validation that needs to be done prior to going ahead with any SaaS application. So, so these are some of the things uh, that the leadership teams, uh, not just the IT, but the business leaders as well, you know, functionally the business leaders as well should come together and build a SaaS roadmap or SaaS strategy blueprint for the company, short term, long term, which will help to institutionalize SaaS adoption in a very organized way. So really, I think the word I'm hearing the most is proactive. Be proactive, right? We need to be aware of potential problems beforehand and take on these challenges up front before the problems occur. So with all the good of SaaS, there apparently are some real drawbacks if you're not careful as a corporation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I've uh, so in that perspective, uh, I would say people using uh, manual approaches, which is spreadsheets, Excel's, is quite a bit right now. The adoption of uh, you know SaaS-based uh, uh, managed platforms is very less right now. I think only twenty percent in the industry use uh, SMP so, uh, solution, right? Uh, which means there's a huge gap. 80% is still using manual uh, approach, Excel-based or spreadsheet. The biggest challenge with that is, uh, uh, you know, first of all, it's a human-driven stuff which prones to have error. Uh, and second, it cannot be kept up, you know, with the changing environment uh, and changing needs of the businesses because you never know where, when somebody is buying a SaaS. SaaS application or what is onboarded suddenly, right? Uh, unless you know you have some sort of a frequency of updating it manually again. So th- those are the big challenges, uh, and this is a fundamental challenge because you don't have a proper uh, foundational data of SaaS usage in the company. It's very difficult to manage, monitor, or govern uh, those uh, applications. I think you know the uh, the structure. If we take to the next level of a complexity of the issue, doing things manually is uh, so many things. You don't know anything about the usage of the SaaS from a user standpoint, functionality standpoint. Uh, and you don't know anything about any security breaches or controls kept on these SaaS applications. Uh, we will not know which SaaS application is integrating with your ERP systems, you know, which will be normally centerpiece for an organization. And, you know, it, so on, you know, it just moves on. The complexity, if I keep right. thinking, in manual way tracking of SaaS keeps growing. I mean, they do have uh, uh, a solution manually in place, which is very rudimentary at this point. Uh, like I said, you know, as soon as uh, people realize they need some sort of a SaaS management tool to uh, enable their uh, monitoring and governance, uh, faster they do, the better. Yeah, it's just wild. SaaS has become so popular. We're now talking about systems and even SaaS-oriented systems to manage SaaS. <laughs> it's really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing Absolutely. to watch. But I can only imagine that the potential savings, cost savings to a corporation can be tremendous if they're using one of these systems. And you mentioned uh, security as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So just imagine you as an IT head having a dashboard uh, for yourself and your team, whoever it is in the IT or technology heads, right, uh, where you can clearly see the complete inventory of your SaaS in the organization globally, by the way, 
uh, and then usage by user, you know, and by a by SaaS product, uh, as well as uh, any sort of uh, security breach alerts proactively coming your way, and 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 any other policies, you know, which is IT governed policies, pre-exist with your SaaS uh, usage as well for most of the SaaS tools you have in the company. That's uh, absolutely the most necessary tool for an IT head or an IT manager or technology manager. And that's exactly what some of the SaaS uh, management tools will give you in the market today. And I think, you know, I, I feel the adoption is going to be pretty fast, especially with pandemic in the last 12, 14 months uh, triggered the SaaS usage even more than what it used to be earlier for us. So, so um, clearly, way to go with respect to how to manage SaaS is go for a tool which manages the SaaS. You know, SMPs are the go forwards, and it's uh, pretty well. Uh, if you see the, some of the tools, it, it basically integrates uh, at your Okta or you know single sign-on or your AD level, you know, uh, for end users in the company. And also, some of them have bi-directional integrations with the SaaS tools. You know, the SaaS. Uh, SMPs that we have in the market. Uh, so, you know, what, what gets you with those is it's not only monitoring your SaaS application, uh, which is integrated to the SMP tool, uh, but also integrating back to the SaaS product uh, will elevate even more uh, governance possible, you know, for any changes that might the SaaS companies, product companies might be doing, you know, in their quarterly releases or new functionalities and things like that. So that's that's really significant uh, ask. It's it's very difficult to do these things uh, with your traditional ITSM tools, you know, which is not so focused, in depth focused into SaaS monitoring tools as such. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I'm I'm curious. One of the other changes we talked about having to reload individual updates on each computer. I think that there there was a comfort level though with a lot of IT departments knowing that their data was in house, all their personal data, you know, their customer yeah. data, those types of things. Now you're talking about taking everything off site, and and I'm just curious: is that a major IT concern, a security concern for companies? How is SaaS security different than uh, on-prem security? Yeah, I mean, this is a great, great question. You know, Jay, if you see traditionally, you're right. You know, there was a lot of control in house, uh, IT, uh, not just IT. There's a uh, different, different function which was coming in to keep it compliant. You know, finance, privacy, infosec, all teams used to come together, keep their uh, applications uh, compliant when it was on-prem. In essence, uh, initially, there was this uh, myth saying, uh, you know, if you move to SaaS, everything is on a cloud and a SaaS product company, we don't know whether they're going to keep all this compliance we need uh, within the, uh, you know, the framework that is necessary for our industry. Uh, but, you know, I think that myth has already been crashed, you know, because we have so many SaaS software companies today, um, which, which actually goes over and above. Uh, these uh, compliance that we need, and also elevated the easiness of uh, managing this within the uh, individual customers' uh, functions like IT, technology, or infosec team. Um, so let me take some examples. Okay. For example, uh, 
what does a typical company need to keep their applications compliant? You know, depending on the industry vertical you are in, you need a SOC 3, Safe Harbor, uh, mostly PCI DSS, you know, the payment uh, card industry uh, standards that needs to be followed. And if you're a healthcare, which we are, uh, HIPAA is very critical. Right. Um, you know, that's very, very critical as well. And if you if you have global presence, the European uh, regulations in terms of GDPR is another one. And if you're California specific, you will you'll be uh, prone to be compliant for CCPA, you know, which is uh, California Consumer Privacy Act, right? So if you take some of the big SaaS uh, providers today, uh, they just go and get all these compliances enabled for their products as such for each industry as it's necessary. So they do the heavy lifting for uh, the companies or the customers they serve. And then they share these compliances. Obviously, you know, people who are buying these SaaS products should be asking these right questions and validating this compliance, uh, you know, uh, being uh, done by the SaaS product companies. You know, if somebody says, you know, I'm GDPR compliant, I'm SOC 3 compliant, they need to validate that. You know, they need to get the certificates, the necessary documents behind it, and they, uh, they need to validate so, you know, the heavy lifting is moved to the SaaS product companies in, in general, which will help quite a bit for the customers to use. Now, this was traditionally a huge lift, you know, in, in terms of on-prem. Uh, I think, you know, we still have quite a bit of industries. For example, banks, <laughs> they still use a lot of mainframe. Uh, they still do all these things themselves. You know, they 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 probably have a front end, uh, you know, GUI which is you know good looking and all that for end users. But in back end, they're still mainframe, right? You know, they're still in the mainframe right. uh, world in terms of banking uh, industry, most of them. But you know, that's a different uh, ball game altogether. But in general, the the security with the SaaS products is significantly improved. Uh, are we there yet? Uh, we are never, because you know security is always evolving, and you got to keep on edge. Uh, there will be breaches. You got to have your monitoring systems in place, and that's where your uh, SaaS management tools comes in play. You know, you 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 will have those visibilities and alerts uh, when you use some softwares like this. Interesting. I I hadn't I hadn't thought of the point that. This is taking a huge burden off of off of corporations because in the past they would have had to have all of this in-house uh, mainframes and everything else security-wise. Now you're taking that off-site within the SaaS. Uh, that's that's just got to be a huge relief as long as they have confidence in that security with that SaaS. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, look look at some of the big ERP companies. You know, SAP, Oracle. Uh, MS Dynamics from Microsoft, they all have these 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 compliances I just mentioned from an infosec standpoint, all good to go, right? So you know it's so easy for us to uh, leverage that, uh, and they are SaaS, you know, to la large extent. If you are using SaaS, obviously the on-prem piece is still there, um, and similarly, uh, other big SaaS software products, they're all compliant uh, from a security standpoint. Uh, you, you just need to, uh, you know, I, I keep saying this, 
you you have to trust them, but verify, validate uh, for your industry, your company, the areas you need to be compliant that they are compliant, and then go from there. Yeah, I, I'm just curious as we as we kind of go back and forth with uh, the current state of SaaS. If you had your your crystal ball, what do you think the future of SaaS is? Are we are we moving away from comp- from ever having to install an individual piece of software on our machines? Is is that the future? Is it going to completely take over? What What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, it might, as uh, we we see some of the research companies uh, predicting. You know, ninety plus percent we're going to be SaaS, right? Sassified by next six eight years. So it does going to be all SaaS mostly, but uh, there there will be some which may not, like you know, some of the engineering softwares and things like that. Um, uh, but end of the day, the the way forward for SaaS, uh, I would look at you know as an industry uh, advocate, <laughs> if you will, is they need to start looking at uh, how do they bring automation at a level where it's consistent, it is accurate. And it's easy when change happens. You know, these three mix. Because, you know, most of the time, these are the three parameters which actually makes end user and customers go gaga about SaaS, right? Uh, and that's number one. And number two, how do they bring in, uh, uh, you know, artificial intelligence? You know, for example, again, going back to big three ERPs, they pretty much cover... Uh, what do you call business processes across the functions. However, the transactions still needs to be done by end user community, by the function, right? If they start looking at, and there is there is a set of separate uh, RPA business products, you know, robot processing automation, right? Uh, if they start looking at taking that next step, next level, the ERP companies taking to the next level to include the RPA underneath their architecture uh, and bring those functionalities within the SaaS modules that they are selling, uh, that will be awesome. You know, you, you will basically eating up a, a complete industry vertical, RPA industry vertical, which is uh, pretty much driven separately today. You know, once people do their uh, ERP implementation, they look for automation through RPA. Uh, softwares, you know, why don't just the RPT uh, companies do the RPA themselves? I think they are look. I, I believe they are already thinking in those lines. I'm sure they must be working on product lines which enables uh, similar uh, functionalities that we're talking from an automation standpoint, and you know, imbibe the artificial intelligence more into the SaaS softwares, which will clearly going to enable quite a bit of uh, you know usage and. Uh, Duplicacy and all that stuff. Keep 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 away the duplicacy of software industries. You know, in terms of RPA being separate and ERP being separate, all that stuff. So that's how I feel the next uh, decade or so is going to be. Interesting. I- any other thoughts on SaaS? I feel like we've covered some pretty good ground here. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, from a SMP standpoint, uh, I feel that right now it's evolved in very uh, well way, but there is opportunity. So, you know, SMP providers should bring in more modern and modular architecture, which enables users with necessary compass to help themselves in their company to build a comprehensive view 
with focus towards data-driven dashboards, you know, data-driven SaaS management for them so that, you know, they can effectively and efficiently manage their uh, SaaS environments, you know, be it for their future contract renewals based on, you know, usage, validation, data-driven validations, or be it for enabling any additional security alerts, or even for auditing, right? You know, those are some of the things uh, we look forward for. And additionally, I feel that the next level is to build some intelligence, you know, build some intelligence into your uh, SaaS product uh, management portfolio where, you know, uh, the companies can actually look at the functionalities being used in multiple SaaS uh, tools within the company and, you know, how they're overlapping, which one is used uh, more and which one is used less so they can optimize appropriately. And within a SaaS uh, product, what functionality is used more, which is customer touching, you know, so they know, oh, this is the area we will be really touching our end customer and we got to be careful and see how we can improve that, how we can automate that and things like that, you know, give that visibility. You can do all these things based on some of the intelligence built in, but it takes uh, some product evolution and time as well. And and lastly, uh, making sure that the companies uh, bring in the synergy of uh, within the SaaS products. I think they already have that uh, interconnectivity based on connectors and things like that. You know, how how is that really helping to take it to next level? You know, that is something we will be uh, probably forcing in the next ten years or so. Well, I want to thank my guest, Aravind R., for joining us. I, I hope that this conversation has given you some insight as to the wonders of SaaS and the future of SaaS applications, but also some thought and some pause as to all of the various challenges that SaaS can bring, especially if in your corporation you don't have a management system in place. If you're simply relying on a spreadsheet to track all of this for thousands of employees, it can become pretty scary. You have security issues. You certainly have a lot of cost, potential cost savings available to you. So I think that conversation has really highlighted that. So once again, thank you for joining us. Again, my name is Jay McFarland and stay tuned for another episode of SaaS Whispers. Whispers.